Welcome to this week's class on Chassidus. We're learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse of the Rebbe. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in Shabbos Parshish Mishpatim, Parshish Skalim, which that year in Tavshemem, 41 years ago, it was, it was, the, it was blessed the month, and it was also Erev Rishchidosh in the month of Adar. And the Rebbe went on to certify this Chassidic discourse a week later on the seventh day of the month of Adar. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Zayitnu, which is based on the verse that we read in Parsha Shkolim, where God is commanding the Jewish people, Zayitnu, this is what you should give. Kala Ivar Labkudim, everyone that's going over to be counted, and they all gave a matzah a shekel, a half a shekel. And the Torah tells us what kind of matzah a shekel was it. The shekel HaKodesh was a holy shekel. And the Torah is specific. Esrim Geira Shekel. What was the, the, the weight and the amount of the Shekel? It was Esrim Geira. And the Torah repeats itself again. It says, Machsis a Shekel, a half a Shekel. Trumal Hashem. They separated for Hashem. And the verse continues, Lachaper al Sechem was to bring atonement on for the Jewish people. So the previous Rebbe, also, on Shabbos, Parshan Hashpratim, and Parshan Shkalim, in the year Tuf Reish Pei, which is exactly 101 years ago, we're now in Tuf Shem Pei Alev. So he brings over there this verse, and he asks several questions. Question number one he asks is, how come in the verse it says twice, Machzah Shekel? You know, that says, Machzah Shekel, Bashekel HaKodesh, and then it says, Machzah Shekel, Trumal Hashem. Why does it say twice? Now, obviously, the Torah doesn't repeat itself. There's a reason why it says twice. But the question is, what's the reason? Also, why does the Torah tell us that it was Esrim Geira, 20 Geira? The important thing is to know that it's a Machzah Shekel. That's question number two. The third question the previous Rebbe asks, why does it say, L'chaper al Nafshay Seichem, that the reason why you bring it is to bring an atonement? In other words, we know that the reason why they brought the Machzah Shekel was to atone for the sin in the golden calf. So if that's the case, what is unique and special with the Machzah Shekel? There's something magical with the Machzah Shekel that Machzah Shekel brings an atonement. And what is this magic of Machzah Shekel that brings the atonement? The Rebbe says, we can add, um, just like a, 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 a comment, but it's obviously an important comment. And he says like this, we know when the Jew, there's different type of sins, there's personal sins, and then there's global sins. So we all know the sin of the golden calf is considered a global sin. And not only is it a global sin that everyone partook in, but it's actually the source for all the sins and the uh, transgressions and things that we do wrong. That, so to speak, that started the process. And anytime you have a sin, it goes back to the original sin of the Chet Egel, of the sin of the golden calf. And like Rebbe quotes, and he brings from the Talmud, the Talmud says as follows, that we know that the, the primordial sin, when Chava with the snake, so unfortunately because she engaged with the snake, so that that caused a Zuhama, a negative um, energy, in mankind, but what happened was when it came to Matan Torah, so, so the Talmud tells us that that negative energy left, and we were freed from that, at least the Jewish people were. Now what happened was, they were free, guess what, no more negative energy, and Matan Torah. But then what happened afterwards? Nebuch, we sinned with the golden calf, so it came back. Now, even though it came back, it didn't come back with the same strength and the same vengeance. 
No, it's not the same strength of the negative energy as the original sin with 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 the with Chava and the snake. But this was a, low, a lower level because the fact is we know that even after the Chet, even after the sin of the golden calf, Hashem still chose us. We're still considered the, the chosen people. And Hashem didn't choose us for our godly soul, for our spiritual qualities. We know Hashem chose our physical bodies, our coarseness, our materialism, why? Because even though we sinned, but it wasn't as, wasn't as aggressive and wasn't as, as as strong, and um, but nevertheless, even though it's not just a strong sin, but it's still a, a global sin. It's still a general sin. And matter of fact, Hashem says because of this sin that's so big, and if Hashem had to bring punishment or retribution for this huge sin, we would be wiped out. So Hashem said instead of bringing one huge um, atonement for the sin of the golden calf, He's going to spread it out. And every single time, unfortunately, we sin and we get punished for this specific sin that we do, Hashem adds a little bit from the original sin of the golden calf. So, so if that's the case. That again, that the golden calf is a huge sin. So obviously it's more intriguing to know what's this matzah shekel? What's the magical holy powers of the matzah shekel that has the power to atone for such a great sin? Now what's interesting is, the Rebbe says, we know that what do they use the matzah shekel for? They would actually bring it to the temple and throughout the year, they would they would bring sacrifices from the matzah shekel. So everyone gave a half a, half a shekel. They put it in a special place in the temple. And anytime they needed a sacrifice, they would take from there. So everyone was participating equally in the sacrifices they brought throughout the year. Now, the sacrifices we brought were in the temple. Now we know the fact is today we don't have a temple. So even though we don't have a temple, we don't have the sacrifices. What is in place of the sacrifices? How do we accomplish what we want to accomplish spiritually? Just like when they, when they brought sacrifices in the temple, the accomplishment of the sacrifices today is done through prayer. Like, the, like we, we learned in the Talmud, it says, Tfilot, our prayers, whether it's Shachris, Mincha, Mairev, personal prayers, communal prayers, are all in place of the sacrifices. So therefore, since we're saying is that the Machzah Shekel was bought these sacrifices, so it accomplished what the sacrifices accomplished, and today, since prayer is in place of the sacrifices, so obviously this spiritual, powerful um, remedy that exists in the Machzah Shekel is, is found also in the prayers that we do today, every single day, um, whether it's during the week, or in Shabbat, or in holidays. So there's something magical. And the question is, what is it? So the Rebbe brings from the previous Rebbe that he explains in that discourse and he explains the whole idea of prayer. Because again, prayer, we said, is connected to sacrifice. The sacrifice is connected to Machsa Shekel. So we want to learn about prayer because that will give us insight into the power of the Machsa Shekel. And, he explain, and, he, and, and the previous Rebbe brings in the Chassidic discourse. He brings in the Talmud and the Talmud says like this, Ein oindim that we do not stand up to pray, and it's Ella, which means it's it's a requirement, a strong requirement. Mitoich koyved What does koyved mean? Koyved means you're ready to accept. And as before you start praying, and you want your prayers to be accepted on God, there, there's a prerequisite. What's the prerequisite before prayer? You have to be willing to accept. If you don't believe in God, and you're not willing to accept God, how's the prayers going to work? So therefore the Talmud says, you want prayer to work? 
There has to be koivid roish. You have to be willing to accept. That's the simple understanding in the Talmud, which, again, it's an important lesson. Anytime you want to pray, stop, take a breather, and say, okay, I'm ready to accept Hashem. Then your prayers will be totally much more meaningful, much more powerful, and much deeper. <clears throat> now, the Rebbe says, just to add on to this, what, what is, what is, what's the language of the Talmud? And, um, and he brings, he quotes actually not his own opinion from, from, the, from a Toysavis, which is a commentary on the Talmud that says like this. When it says, Ain, which means we don't, Ella only, so it's a double. We don't do it differently, and this is the only way to do it. Coming to teach us that if you don't do, pray with Koivet Reish, with acceptance, your prayers are disqualified, which is pretty strong. And this is, again, based on a commentary Toysavis in the Talmud that says, Ain, we don't. Ella, this is the only way to do it. It means if you don't pray with Koivet Reish, with acceptance, guess what? Your prayers are unaccepted. So it's important to know that acceptance is crucial. And obviously, this is the, if you look at the, the literal translation of the words, it says, Ain oindim lispala. We don't stand up to pray. So, you, so first, what does that mean? You first have to have acceptance. Then you can start praying. And it says clearly, That means you cannot pray. pray. You can technically say you're praying, but in order for, for prayers to work, you got to, you got to have COVID reish. You have to be willing to accept. That is the simple insight in And that's obviously referring to the idea of acceptance. So here the Rebbe brings a insight and a teaching of the Maggid of Mezrich, and the Maggid of Mezrich explains Kabbalistically that when we say, what does Koivid Reish mean? So first we said acceptance, fine. The Maggid gives a whole different insight, and he says like this, that the prayer should be on the Koivid, on the heaviness of the Reish, of the head. Who is the real head? Who is the real boss? God. So the Maggid says when you start praying, and we said before, it's a condition in prayer, you have to pray with the heaviness of the head of the boss referring to Hashem. In other words, like this, generally speaking, when you're praying, what are you praying for? You're praying, you're lacking, it could be physics, something physical, it could be something spiritual, it could be materialistic, it could be emotional, whatever there's a lacking, usually praying for something that you're lacking, whether it's you or someone else, you're praying for your lacking, someone else is lacking, for a need that you have, for a dream that you want. So the Maggid says, no, don't pray for what your needs and what you're lacking, but pray for the fact that the Reish, the boor, the boss, HaKadosh Baruch Hu in heaven is lacking something. So you're going to say, what do you mean? But I'm lacking. And the market says, no, because the fact is, when you're lacking something, Hashem is your father. Hashem is the head. You don't think he feels that lacking? So why are you praying for your lacking, just focusing on, your, focusing on yourself? If you have a need and it's bothering you and it doesn't allow you to fulfill your mission and your dream in this world, guess what? Hashem is bothered by you also. So you're both bothered by it. So since you're both bothered by it, you can pray for the fact that, oh my gosh, I can't fulfill my mission. Or you can say, no, if I can't fulfill my mission, which is usually in line with Hashem wants, Hashem can't fulfill his mission either. Hashem's soldier in this world is lacking. 
So the Magid says, don't focus on yourself. It's only half the story. Focus on the fact there's a lacking and there's missing something weird with the bulls, with Hashem. And the previous Rebbe explains the Hasidic teaching of the Magid of and he says as follows. What does it mean Hashem is lacking? And he brings a statement from the Talmud, actually in the Mishnah, in the Talmud, and says as follows. When a person is in pain, when a person is suffering, when a person feels a lack and a tremendous need, so the Talmud says, the Mishnah says, Ashkina, Ma Loshanimers, what does the Shina say? And the Shina says, Kaloini Miroishi, Kaloini Mizrahi, that means my head, my, my arms are missing. And as any time we have a lack and we have a need and something's missing by us, the Shina says the same thing. We're not disconnected. Our Father didn't create us, put us here, and then walk away. Hashem is with us in everything that we do. So if we have everything and we're grateful, Hashem is grateful. If we have a lack and we have a need and we feel like we're missing, Hashem feels like He's missing also. What is Shechina? Just to be clear, when we say Shechina, what does Shechina mean? Shechina is the part of Hashem that comes down into this world. In the world of Sphiroid, it's called the Sphira of Malchus. And as we know, in the, in, the, in the sphere of Malchus, there's highs and lows. That means when life is great, Malchus is full. When, when the life is not great, Malchus is any, uh, empty. So based on this, he explains, what is the Koivid Reish? Koivid Reish means that it's heavy. Hashem is walking out with a heavy load. His children are missing things. And based on this, the Magid says, we don't start praying until we get focused and realize that we're not praying for our need. We're praying for Hashem's need and the lack that the Rosh has. Because if you're not happy, Hashem is not happy. And if you're missing something, Hashem is missing something. So let's recap so we get it correct. What the Magid is saying is, what does it mean? That we want, when we want to pray, we have to have first COVID Rosh. That's a prerequisite. What's the COVID Rosh? So the simple meaning is acceptance. The Magid says, the COVID Rosh, look, Hashem is so heavy because we're lacking and we're praying that Hashem should be happy. How is Hashem going to be happy? When we have what we need, we'll be happy. Hashem will be happy. That's the insight of the Magid of Mizrach. Comes along, as we know, the Alter Rebbe, there's always uh, 70 right opinions and 70 wrong opinions. Comes along the Alter Rebbe, and the, the Friedrich Rebbe quotes the Alter Rebbe that gives a different insight into Koivid Roish. What does it mean, Koivid Roish? And um, the Rebbe says that this is not, the, the, the Friedrich Rebbe also holds from this opinion where he speaks about in, what, in, in one of his Hasidic discourses that Roish is not referring to the boss, referring to Hashem even though that's the Magus position, but it's actually referring to the Rosh, referring to the Neshamas Yisrael, the, the souls of the Jewish people. What's the connection between the souls of the Jewish people and the idea of Rosh head? Because the Jewish people are called Yisrael. Yaakov, we all come from Yaakov. Yaakov had a name Yaakov, he had a name Yisrael. We all come from Yisrael. We're called Bnei Yisrael, the Jewish people, Israel, Yisrael. Yisrael is actually made up of two words. Li, Rosh. To me, is a head. In other words, so what happens like this? Roish, referring to all Klal Yisrael, all of Bnei Yisrael, Li Roish, all the Jewish people. And what happens, unfortunately, when Jewish people sin, so there's a heaviness because it's not complete. 
So there's a COVID rush. There's a heaviness of the Jewish people. Why? Because unfortunately the Jewish people have sinned. And therefore it's not complete. And as ever quotes the verse that says that our sins weighing on our head like a tremendous weight. It's weighing us. So again, to recap, the Alter Rebbe's um, understanding of COVID Rosh means you're going to pray. What are you praying for? You can pray for your needs. True. But you want to pray for the fact that Klal Yisrael, unfortunately, people are human and people sin. So therefore, the Klal Yisrael is weighted by their sins. And we're praying that the sin should, should go away. The sin should be forgiven. We should stop sinning. We should be one with Hashem. That is the Alter Rebbe's insight into COVID Rosh. So in other words, like this. So therefore, when we when we pray, So when we before we start praying, we already have three insights. Simple insight we need to accept. Second of the Magad is that we're praying for Hashem. Hashem is heavy weighted for all our all our needs that we have. And the third is we're, we're praying for Klal Yisrael. All the, all the Jewish people, of all the sins, unfortunately, they're out there. That the sins, people should do tshuva, people should repent. And then, once we, we're lined up what we're praying for, so then we pray. What's the goal of prayer? That we shouldn't have koivad roish. So we shouldn't have, we shouldn't, Hashem shouldn't be so weighted. Or like the, the Alter Rebbe writes, that the Jewish people's sin should go away. So, once we pray, it takes away the koivad roish. Not only to take away the Koivid Roish, but which, which, which should happen is even a step further. Not only we shouldn't be heavyweighted, that will bring us only back to neutral. We don't want to be just a neutral. We want to be Suus Roish. We want to elevate the head. As the Torah says, Suus Roish B'nai so we should elevate the head of the Jewish people, Lugul Galoisam, to the, to the skull, which means that we should go to the level of, on top of our head. And like the author explains at length in the Kuti Torah, that we bring, we want to elevate the head, our head should reach to the place, which is to the skull, which means we should reach to the place of above head, because we know intellect is intellect, and we want to go above intellect. We know faith is higher. I mean, there's many, many levels above the, of the head. So how do we accomplish that avoidah, that we should reach, not only we shouldn't have koivad roish, but our head should be elevated to above our head, l'gulgaloisam. So that happens through prayer. How does it happen through prayer? Because we know when you pray, so you, you, the godly soul is praying, but in prayer, your animal soul is there. And you're trying to transform and uh, refine your nefesh of Bahamas. Prayer is all about tra- transforming and refining our animal soul. Once we do our avoido through prayer, of transforming and refining our animal soul, so what happens then is we elevate not only animal soul, but we actually elevate the godly soul gets elevated as well. So the question you're going to ask, what do you mean? We know the godly soul is the godly soul. The animal soul is the animal soul. So you transform your animal soul. The animal soul should be dedicated to God. That's great. But, and so how is the animal soul's transformation elevating the godly soul? So we all know that the shayrish, the source of the animal soul, comes from the world of toyu which is higher than Tikkun, just to, just to a brief introduction. We know when Hashem originally created the world, Chafetz Chasidu, 
Tremendous amount of light. What happened? It was too powerful, the light. The vessels couldn't handle it. So there was something which is called Shvirus HaKalim, which is called Toyu. Toyu means there's too much light, not enough vessels. So then Hashem had to obviously create the world with a small, with a more of a finite light, which is called Tikkun. So the godly soul comes from where? From Tikkun, which is a small light, but it's a useful light. The Nefesh of Bahamas, the animal soul, comes from Toyu. It's unfortunately, it's, it's not necessarily so useful because it's all over the place. But the source is higher. But on the other hand, when you're able to transform the animal soul, the animal soul should get in line with the Nefesh is, you're actually able to tap into a much more and a greater powerful light, the powerful light of Toyu. As we know, Yaakov and Esau. Yaakov represented the world of Tikkun, where things are normal and stable and consistent. Esau, on the other hand, resembled the world of Toyu, where things are wild and out of control sometimes. But the fact is, who's the older one? Esau is the older son. Esau is older than Yaakov. In a certain sense, he's more powerful than Yaakov. Why? Because he had tremendous light, the, the, the powerful lights of Toyu. And Yaakov, on the other hand, was only from Tikkun. And the fact is, when you're able to harness the light of Esau, the light of Olam Atoyu, so then not only have you transformed the Nefesh of Bahamas, the Esau, the Toyu, but that actually causes a, a elevation and a transformation for the Nefesh of Kis as well. So again, just to recap, so when we do our avoid of Tefillah, we do our avoid of prayer, and we transform, we elevate the animal soul. Not only is the animal soul elevated, but the godly soul is elevated as well. So based on, and this happens all through prayer, just to be clear, just to stay focused. Because we're trying to find out what's the secret ingredients to the maqsa shekel. And we said the maqsa shekel is connected to the sacrifices. The sacrifice is connected to the prayer. And prayer, we see, has the power by transforming the animal soul through prayer. So you actually elevate the godly soul. So based on this, Torah brings it back full circle and explains as follows. This is the whole idea of what? The magic of the machzah shekel. What's the magic of the machzah shekel, the half a shekel? Because down here, what are you giving? You're giving a half. That's all you're giving, a half. And the, we know the famous teaching of the Magadim is rich. The, the, uh, the student of the Baal Shem the Baal Shem says like this. On the verse in the Torah where it says that God commands and he says, You should make two trumpets. make two trumpets. That's the little, that's the literal insight. So the Magid of Mizrich takes the word and he gives the Kabbalistic insight of Chatzoitzrois to a trumpet. And he says, Chatzoitzrois comes from two words. Two half images. There's two half images. You should make two half images. What's two half images? He explains. The two half images, you take two half and you make them a whole. Half of one image, half of the other makes a whole image. What's the two half images? One half is a Kaddish Baruch Hu Hashem. And the second half is Knesset Yisrael, the Jewish people. Each one is a half an image. And when you put the two together, each one complements the other, and then you have a complete image. So the Jewish people and God, each one's a half an image, you put the two together, they complement each other, obviously in a unified way, and then you have a complete image. And like the Rebbe quotes from the prophet where he says, Yenosi Tamosi, in reference to the, the dove which is complete, 
So to, um, he uses the word tamasi where it's complete to umasi, it's a twin. By creating two twins, Hashem and Knesset Yisrael, that's when you have a complete image. In other words, how, so what does it mean practically? I mean, it's, it's, it sounds good. What does it mean practically? So he's saying like this, that the, 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 the half a shekel is because we're only a half our part. But our, our half, or Hashem's half, becomes a whole. So what's our avoida? What's our spiritual avoida? Our spiritual avoida is to work with every one of our ten spheroid, our ten koichos. Starting with Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gevura, Tiferes, Netzach, Choyd, Yisoyd, Malchus. When we work on transforming every one of our Midois, that the Midois should be connected to Hashem. So what happens then is, when we transform the Midois of the Nefesh of Bahamas, that affects the ten Sphirois on high. And that's basically the spiritual avoid of the half a shekel. We have to do our part. And we do our part, then we elevate the ten, the, the, the ten spheroids of the animal soul. And when you, we, we elevate the ten spheroids of the animal soul, that through that we elevate the, actually the godly soul, the ten spheroids. And as like we explained before at length, that when you elevate the animal soul, the ten spheroids of the animal soul, and since the source of the ten spheroids of the animal souls in the world of Toyu, they're very, very, very powerful, so that will create not a status quo for Nefeshalakis. On the contrary, the godly soul's ten spheres gets elevated with the fire and the energy and the light of the powerful spheroids of Toyu that's, that's, that's the source of the Nefesh of Bahamas. So Rebbe says this possibly could be, this is really the connection between the two insights of Koivid Roish. Let me explain before, this, there's two teachings of Koivid Roish. One was from the Magid. What did the Magid say? Koivid Roish is referring to the heaviness of Hashem. There's a lacking. Hashem is heavy because we're lacking. Or Koivid Roish is the fact that the Jewish people are, la- are, are lacking because of our sins. We're heavy weighted because of our sins. So the Rebbe says it's possible. This is the, two, this is the connection between these two. What does that mean? In other words, like this. One, we said, you know, there's by, by going ahead and transforming our animal soul, what happens? What's, what's the animal soul? So we said, specifically, what's our avoida? With the ten koiches of the animal soul. Ten. That's connected to what? Eser geira. Ten koiches of the animal soul is referring to the eser geira. What happens when you elevate the ten koiches of the animal soul? So that elevates the ten koiches of the ten powers of the godly soul. And we elevate that. So it knows that's the teach, that's in, in line with the, what the Altarba says, the way, the, the, the weighing down of the sins of Bnei Yisrael. So when we do our avoid with Nefesh Bahamas, we transform the Nefesh Kiss. And that's how you have, what's why, one of the questions they asked, the Rebbe asked in the beginning is, if it's half, how come it says 20 Geira? Because 20 Geira is referring to the 10 Geira of the Nefesh of Bahamas, and that transforms and elevates the 10 Geira of the Nefesh of Kis, and if you have a total of Esrim, Esrim Geira. So in other words, half of Esrim Geira is 10 Geira. What's our avoider? Our avoider is to work with the 10 Geira of what? Of the animal soul. And by doing our ha- our voidu with the half of the animal soul, we actually end up with Esrim Geira because it not only does it elevate the ten Geira of the animal soul, but it also elevates the ten Geira of the godly soul. That it's in line with the teaching of the Rebbe. But even according to the insight of the Magadim is rich, that Rosh is referring to the needs of a Kaddish Baruch Hu whom we're lacking. And he explains, because what happens is like this, when we do our spiritual work, 
And obviously with the help of Hashem, you can't do it without the help of Hashem. But with the help of Hashem, we do our spiritual work and we elevate the 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 ten spheres of the Nefesh of Bahamas. And we elevate the godly the, the ten spheres of the godly soul. So what happens then is we actually create an elevation in the Shekhinah. Not only the godly soul. So according to the Magam is rich, that Koivid Roish is referring to the weightness of Hashem. So when we do our avoido with Nefesh Bahamas and the Nefesh Alakis, and we know that the soul came down here to be elevated, and we have the power to elevate it, we actually create an aliyah, an elevation in the Shekhinah, in Hashem himself, by doing our avoido. And um, based on this, Rebbe explains, now we'll understand why it says in the verse, Lechaper al-Nafshayseichem, it brings atonement for our, our souls. Why? Because when we do our avoidah of transforming the animal soul, and thereby transforming the godly soul, and not only that, elevating the godly soul, even actually elevating the Shekhinah, that creates a, a, a tikkun, that creates an ability to transform and to fix anything that was broken by the sin of the golden calf. Why? How, how, can you, how can you go ahead and fix something in the past? Someone sinned. They made the golden calf. Someone rebelled against Hashem. How can you fix it? And Rebbe explains very simple. Because what happens is when a person works on transformation, where you transform the animal soul, thereby elevating the animal soul and elevating the godly soul, we get elevated to a higher place. We become different people. How do we get out of the heart? Because the fact is, when we transform the animal soul, till now, if you're just working with the godly soul, you don't have access to, to the world of Toyu, the powerful light. You only have access to the world of Tikkun. But when you transform the animal soul, you get access to what? To the world of Toyu. And the world of Toyu we know is higher than the world of Tikkun. That's level one. We go up to the world of Toyu. Higher than that, the Rebbe says. We go to the place where... We find out that really Yaakov is the oldest one. Are you going to say Yaakov was born, Esav is the older one, and Yaakov is the younger one? Because we know the famous muscle that Rashi gives that, for example, if you have, like, say, a pipe, and you put one thing in first, so technically it was first, and then you put something in afterwards, and when you take it out, what comes out first? The, first, the second thing you put in. The, the first thing you put in comes in afterwards. So even though Esav is technically the firstborn, but the fact is, what was born in, in potential first, for sure Yaakov. And that's why he came out second. So the truth is, if you're able to go deeper, you'll realize that Yaakov is the Bechur. So you're going even higher. Then there's, you can go even higher than that. Not only, so the first level is you go to Toyu, which is coming from Esav. But the truth is, Yaakov and its source of its source is even higher than Esav. And you can go even higher than that, where Yaakov and Esav are equal, as the famous verse in the prophet where it says, Haloi Ach Esav Yaakov. They're brothers. Esav is not better than Yaakov, and Yaakov is not better than Esav. On a low level, you can say, oh, look at Esav, he did this sin, Yaakov is holier, etc. That's a lower level of looking. When you elevate yourself, guess what? There's no difference between Esav and Yaakov. They both were created by Hashem, they're both equal. And that's really a beautiful level to be in life. When you're able to get along with everybody, you don't judge people. Judgment comes from a lower level. This one's higher, this one's better, this one's worse. That's a, that's a very low level. But when you're able to go in two notches up, you're able to realize it's all equal, it's all the same. No one is better, no one is worse, everyone is equal. And then you can even go higher than that. What's higher than everyone's equal? So the Rebbe says the higher is achtus apshuta, where it's totally Oneness. It's, you realize it's not about this one, that one. It's all about Hashem. 
Now, once you reach the level where everything is Hashem, there's no there's no room for sinning, and there's no room for punishment. And because there's no room for sinning and punishment, guess what? That's how you fix all the problems. If you're looking from a low level, he did this, she did this, you said that, he said that, it's right, it's wrong. Yeah, on a low level, that's absolutely correct. But when you reach the level, not only were they the same, but the level where everything is Hashem, there's no sinning there. There's no mistakes. It's all good. And that's when you reach the level of Esrim Geira. It's, it's all one. It's not 10 and 10. Esrim Geira means it's 20. There's no difference between 10 of the Nevesh Bahamas and 10 of the Nevesh Esrim Geira is telling you it's 20. But what do you mean? There's 10 of, no, no, there's no 20. There's no 10 and 10. It's 20. And like the Rebbe, the Rebbe brings a very powerful teaching from uh, Sefer Haboyer, which is a, a Sefer in Kabbalah. He says like this. When you count the S's spheroids, so we know in life there's two, there's always many ways to do things. So you can count the 10 spheroids, which means you start from Malchus and you work, you, you climb your way up. You go through the emotional spheres to intellect and you get to, to Chachman, the highest sphere. That's one way. So it says in Sefer Aboya, when you go mil which means you work your way through, you start working with the Nefesh Bahamas, and then to the Nefesh Kis, and then to Hashem, the, so the Sefer Aboya says you reach a level of loyadanu. What means loyadanu? You don't know. There's no sin. It's not right, and it's not left, it's not him, and it's all equal. Again, when you do that, avoid the malmatalamayla, when you go through the challenges and the tests of life, and then you elevate yourself, you realize, you know, it's silly, it's stupid. Well, guess what? We're all one, we're all equal. And then you get to the level, it's really all about Hashem. And then you get to the level, it's only Hashem. Guess what? And the level of only Hashem, malmatalamayla, when you get to the highest level, lo yadanu, you don't know, you can't say this, that, uh, this, is never, this is the animal soul, godly soul, lo yadanu. How do you don't know no difference? It's a great place to be. On the other hand, when you go when you come to the love from you start off with Achdos, and then you go down to we're equal, and then you go to Nefeshal Kis, Nefeshal Bahamas. So if you're landing up in so if you go Lamata, where are you landing up? Lamata. So when you end up in Lamata, what do you know? You're Dano, I know. This is me, and this is him, and this is her, and this is godly soul, and this is these ten spheres, that ten spheres. That's because you went Malmaila Lamata. But on the other hand, when you go Malmata Lamaila, you're elevating yourself. You reach a level of Lo Yadanu. There's no difference. In other words, when you do the Avoido, the spiritual work, you elevate yourself out, you start from the bottom, fighting, arguing, me, him, hers, he said, she said, and then you realize, no, no, we're all one. So there's a me and there's different people, it's one. But then you get to realize, no, it's all about Hashem. When you get to the highest level, there's no difference. So it's even higher than Yediyah. It's not only you don't know, it's higher than Yediyah. So what causes the avoider, l'chapran l'shaseichem, so, when you reach the highest level, when you go Malmatalamayla, then you can read, when you reach the level of Esrim Geir, it's all, it's only 20, it's all equal, then you can have true atonement. Because it's Loyadano, there's no sins over there. And, um, never goes in a step further and he says, we, this, this actually caused the Tikkun, the fixing of the sin of the golden calf. Why? Because we know it says in the Torah, when did the Jewish people make the sin of the golden calf? So the Torah says, The Torah says, Moshe Rabbeinu was late, late in coming down. 
So the, ter- the word the Torah used for, for late and coming down, it says boishish. Now we know that Chazal tell us, you don't read it boishish, what it, but boishish is actually two words. Bo sheish. The sixth hour of the day came. And they made a whole calculation. He was going to come down the sixth hour of the day. The sixth hour came and he didn't come. Now the sixth hour, if you have, if you have a normal day, has 12 hours. But day and 12 hours of a night. So what's half day? What's half of the day? Six hours. So when did they make a mistake? Where did the B'nai Yisrael sin? What was the source of the sinning? Chatzi. There was, there was half. And this whole, so they made a mistake. They had all these calculations. So how do you fix it? The, the way you fix it is by the avoid of the machzah shekel. What's the avoid of machzah shekel? By doing the work of transforming the animal soul, that half, and elevating yourself to the point of Esher where it's all one, and that's how you fix the machzah shekel. And Rebbe finished off and he says as follows. Just like when we gave the machzah shekel, in the times of the temple, they use the matzah shekel to bring sacrifices when not just once a year, once a month, every single day of the year, a whole year. So the same thing also today, we don't have a temple, so just like, and we don't have sacrifices, but what do we have? We have prayer. But when should prayer be? Not once a year, a Yom Kippur. Every single day, just like they brought sacrifices every single day. So our spiritual work has to be every single day. Now, you're going to think, oh my gosh, the spiritual work, you have to work with your animal soul, you have to transform it, you have to go to these high levels, etc. So Rebbe makes a prerequisite. Just like Ein Oin Rebbe says, you should do it in a way of simcha. You have to be happy when you're doing your avodah. Not only happy, the Rebbe says, but tuv levav. You have to have gladness in your heart. Your heart should feel happy. Not only external happiness, internal happiness. And the Rebbe says, not only... In external and internal, this happiness has to be, we all know the altar brings in the Rizal, you have to have, this happiness should be the greatest happiness you're experiencing in your life. In other words, instead of God forbid looking what you're lacking, you have to look at all the blessings that you have. And even higher than that, we have to go to the, any top, pop, type of level of happiness and the joy we have to have. So true, we have to do the avoidah. Every single day, we have to transform our animal soul. But we have to do it in a way of simcha. Joy and happiness, that's key. Now, why it's so important? The Rebbe says very clearly, because we all know what it says in the Mishnah. Yafa, shah, achas, betshuva, maisim, toivim, That it's better. Even one hour, one moment of doing repentance, transforming your animal soul, and doing good deeds, mitzvahs, learning Torah, praying, in this world, from Anything and everything that we're going to receive in the world to come. This is the world to do the work, the spiritual work. Now, the fact is like this. So in this world, we have the ability to, to serve Hashem and serve Hashem with tremendous simcha. Now, the fact is, unfortunately, the Rebbe says sometimes, for whatever reason Hashem decided, we don't see in a revealed way a reason to be the simcha. We don't necessarily see the impact of our, of our avoidah. But the fact is, the truth is, that we, the impact is happening. We just don't see it. But the Rebbe says, Mitzvah Shem, Bekarev Mamash, very, very soon. Um, 
We're going to experience, as it says in the prophets, V'nigla k'vod Hashem. Hashem is going to reveal Himself to us. V'ro kol basar yachtav. We're all going to see the tremendous impact of our spiritual work, of doing our avodah, transforming our animal soul, elevating our godly soul, and even elevating the shechina. And the Rebbe says, Yiratzen should be the will that very, very soon will be able to fulfill the mitzvah of literally machzah shakal. Today we're doing the avodah through through prayer, but we should be able to fulfill the mitzvah literally of giving machzah shakal in the third temple, our souls and our bodies, and in a way that we should be all be healthy. And we all know health is very, very important. Everyone realizes the importance of health today, which and we should have tremendous abund- abundance. And Rabbi finishes off with a with a prayer, like it says in the Prophets, All the people that are passed away will get up and will celebrate. And Aaron Aaron and Moshe will be together with them. And the Rebbe continues to bring another beautiful verse from the Prophets for call Godl everyone is gonna come together. And we're all going to go to Yerushalayim, Yer Kodesh, and we're finish up, but Karayiv Mamash, it should happen very, very soon. And hopefully, before we finish learning this Chassidic Discourse, we'll all be together in Yerushalayim, Yer HaKodesh. It's a beautiful Chassidic Discourse. It teaches us the tremendous power of prayer, how we have to prepare for prayer, Koyved Roish, all the different insights, simple insight, the Alter Rebbe, the Magadam is rich, but... The fact is, when we do our avodah of koyved when we do our avodah of prayer, we reach tremendous, tremendous places. And the most importantly, as Rebbe said, we should do it b'simcha of tuv levav in Rav Koyl. Have a great and blessed week. And God willing, the next class we'll have in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh.